There is a war against truth, and if we don't win it, intellectual freedom will be the casualty. The man who wrote those words, Gad Sad, joins me in 60 seconds. The Glenn Beck Program. All right, let me tell you about Goldline. Economists are sounding the alarm. They've uh, We've reached the peak of the United States economic bubble. Some are saying, oh, no, it's, it's going to get better and better and better. I don't know. I don't know. I know this new economy will help big businesses, but I also know the bottom is falling out because so many people have lost their jobs. So many people have lost their businesses. Under President Trump, the Dow increased from 19,000 to 30,000. How long does that go? Well, they're printing money, as you will see, $1.9 trillion in stimulus. How much was it for the COVID virus to, to make sure that we have the uh, enough vaccines? In well, that? I know in vaccination, there was $20 of that. Oh, $20, 20 billion, billion of the $1.9 trillion, So that's a wow. lot. Wow. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, well, that's what we're headed for. And uh, $1.9 trillion and more and more spending. Now, now talking about $2,000 a month for everybody. How do you think that's going to work out for your dollar? Please call Goldline today. Find out how you can diversify your retirement accounts. Learn about their weekly special on gold that is physically delivered directly to you. Gold protects you. It's really easy to get started. Always, uh, It's always better to be a week early than a day late in volatile markets like the ones we're seeing right now. Please call Goldline, 1-866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Gad Sad, the host of the YouTube show, The Sad Truth, blogger for Psychology Today. Professor of Marketing at John Molson School of Business at Concordia University. He holds the Concordia University Research Chair in Evolutionary Behavioral science, uh, Sciences and Darwinian Consumption. He's the uh, author of The Evolutionary Basis of Consumption, plus a whole bunch of uh, academic papers. Normally, I would dis, uh, dismiss because I don't believe anybody in academia, but this guy's one of the good guys. Gad Sad. Hi, Gad. Hey, Glenn. So good to be with you again. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right. I've been trying to think if I were if I were in government, uh, I would look to behavioral scientists. And I know that the left does it with economic behavioral scientists with uh, Cass Sunstein. Um, But I would look to behavioral scientists right now. Or if I were a behavioral scientist, I would be ringing the bell right now. Because it seems everything the media and the left are doing is causing more and more people to feel disenfranchised, attacked, name-called, isolated. It's not good, Gad. As a behavioral scientist in your own, uh, in your own, way, uh, in your own way, can you please talk to me about this is there anything they've missed and if so don't tell me because they'll do it <laughs> well i mean you 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 set up the problem uh, really nicely which is that you know if you look at u.s presidents they have uh, advisors when it comes to you know public health they have advisors for the economy they have advisors for all sorts of purposive and important areas but what ultimately drives all the f- those domains is human behavior, right? So the health 
the the lifestyle choices that we make that might result in downstream negative health consequences which a public health person would care about they stem from understanding human behavior so it it is always uh, you know, amazed me that there isn't as part of, you know, the cabinet of a president or the board of advisors, someone who truly specializes in human psychology and in behavioral sciences. So maybe our current conversation will one day result in such a position actually taking place. So I'm, I'm not sure I like that, though, because that used to be called propaganda. Uh, I mean, the early guys, you know, Bernays, that he was in his own way a behavioral scientist and watch behavior and knew how to evoke the right emotions to do all kinds of things. Some of it good, some of it bad. So I don't like the idea. I know you're Canadian, but in America, the conservative doesn't like the idea of growing the government even bigger in an office of what would have been called propaganda is a little frightening. But I, I do want them to blow the whistle on on warnings i mean are are you paying attention to what's really happening here in america gad i am although the past two weeks i've taken a social media hiatus Oof. and let me tell you my cortisol levels have gone way down and my I blood bet. pressure has improved <laughs> I, I i will so, tell you i i went to the uh i went to the doctor because uh, i was having uh problems and uh the doctor said right now stop stop right now he's like your blood pressure is through the roof uh and uh you you got to stop looking at all this stuff and i'm like yeah kind of a problem but i did stop over the weekend and i i felt great felt great exactly see one of the things that i've done which again speaks to the importance of understanding human behavior is I have stopped ever reading anything once I post something. Now, this is something that we all intuitively mm. know because the, the social media ends up being a cesspool of negativity. In the past, just because we're all humans, we want to see what people think about the ideas that we've espoused. I might post something and then a couple of hours later, you go check what the comments are. Well, now it's been two weeks. I never do that. First of all, I'm only posting positive things. Right. So, mm-hmm. so that I don't get mired in all the negativity. And I think my blood pressure has dropped maybe 10 points. <laughs> so there's the power of understanding human behavior. OK, so now I I can't do that every day. I have to pay attention. I'm going to move your blood pressure up uh, just a bit. <laughs> you have uh, uh, trending today. Hashtag Trump's new army. Let me just read this to you. Uh, On January 20th, Donald Trump will no longer be the commander in chief. He will lose control of the U.S. armed forces and take control of a new army. We know who they are. They're vile. They are our teachers, our neighbors, our police officers, and they are everywhere. Expose their treason. This this is this is being allowed to be seen uh, when they're talking about, you know, uh, calls for violence, et cetera, et cetera. I, I mean, I don't. I don't know what that is if it's not uh, inciting violence. Uh, this is this is from a New York Times reporter, former intelligence official on PBS NewsHour Tonight, saying the U.S. should think about a 9-11 commission for domestic extremism and consider <laughs> applying some of the lessons from the fight against al-Qaeda. There are several stories, including those from members of Congress now, that are saying we we need, in fact, the Biden administration said today during one of the uh, confirmation hearings of the Department of Homeland Security chief that his main focus is going to be on domestic terrorism. 
which is now, I guess, us. It is bewildering, isn't it? I mean, I don't know if you saw the uh, the uh, interview with the representative. I don't remember his name, who said basically that you can't really trust all the national guards that are there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tomorrow, because ultimately, many of the white males would have voted for Trump. And to that extent, how can we truly trust? So, I mean. Imagine how emboldened he must be in the current zeitgeist Mm -hmm. that he actually says this openly and proudly, right? Rather than it being something on Martin Luther King's day yesterday, something that he should have as a private thought and feel ashamed by it. Instead, he boldly espouses this incredibly racist position openly. Uh, It's very scary as someone who comes from the Middle East, who sees what happens when uh, societies are not built around freedom of speech and freedom of thought, I am truly bewildered by what's happening at a breathtakingly rapid rate. Will you adopt me and our family in case we have to get across the border, Gad? Don't answer now, just think about it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, uh, Gad, so as a behavioral scientist, I mean, I, 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 I would love to have... I would love to have somebody who is talking to me about the, you know, the meanings of words and how to phrase things, because I think we are at a a really dangerous, dangerous point. And I am trying to express what Martin Luther King did, and that is violence begets violence. Uh, Hate begets hate. Only love can conquer darkness and hate. Uh, And nobody really wants to hear that now. I shouldn't say that. A lot of people don't want to hear this because they're like, we are under attack as as people, as Americans. We're now under attack and uh, they don't know what to do. So it's uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's frightening. I'll give you an example of that again as a Canadian who technically speaking, has, you know, no, no dog in the fight and so on. <clears throat> About a month ago, I posted some, uh, a tweet that was very critical of Nancy Pelosi. Again, I'm doing this. I, I thought I live in a free world. I'm a Canadian. I'm allowed to espouse my positions. I'm a well-known professor. So a colleague of mine who is a personal friend of mine until that tweet wrote a very nasty rebuttal and reported me to all of our, you know, common evolutionary behavioral scientist colleagues because I no longer was a scientist given that I was espousing such hateful rhetoric against Nancy Pelosi. So I didn't know that Nancy Pelosi was a prophet that could not Mm. be criticized and that it was blasphemous for me to do so. And if I dared criticize Nancy Pelosi, I no longer was part of the good standing members of the science club, but he felt completely emboldened and justified to do that. As a matter of fact, when I called him on his reprehensible behavior of trying to cancel me and report me to our common colleagues, he said that he was altruistically punishing me. Right. So his cancel culture instinct was actually a form of loving altruism. That's how grotesque the world has become. Wow. So listening to the messages that are going on, being a behavioral scientist um, and seeing um, social media shutting people down, uh, silencing speech, uh, calling people enemies of the state and terrorists, 
all of these things that are happening, poke, 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 and the and the media not being balanced. I was against what happened in the cap- capital. I know you were, too. I was a, a really dead set against that uh, and called for it to stop immediately. But I also did that with Black Lives Matter. It's the hypocrisy that I think is driving exactly. people nuts. And when they feel like nobody's doing anything, what 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 do you foresee coming? What, I mean, isn't this a recipe for absolute disaster? Exactly right. I've, I've long said, Glenn, that the reason why I get engaged in, in the battle of ideas is because I think that we're still within a window where these debates can be adjudicated peacefully. But I've repeatedly warned that if the peaceful attempts to have ideas pitted against one another doesn't manifest itself, in other words, if we lose the ability to resolve our differences peacefully through dialogue, through, through, through debate, then in 10, 20, 50, 100 years, we will have a repeat of the society from which I escaped. For, for the viewers who don't know, my family and I escaped the Lebanese Civil War, and I guarantee you that the good people who are every day insulted as hicks and rednecks and idiots and Nazis are not going to go away quietly. So either we resolve it today peacefully or we will resolve it tomorrow violently. I continue to pray that it will be the former. All right, Gad, hang on just a second. Um, we'll continue our conversation with uh, Dr. Gad Sad. And let me give you a one minute uh, commercial break here. It's uh, AMAC. We live in a country that has really, truly lost its way, lost its respect for logic and law and order, for basic decency. Knowing who you can count on has become a valuable commodity. So let me tell you about at least one group that you can definitely count on, and that is AMAC. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. It's a senior group, a group of uh, people over 55 that now have over 2 million members and growing. And they believe in the values that the constitutional conservative cares about. They represent courage, faith, and reason in trying times. They stand for solvency and runaway debt, national security and sovereignty, uh, sovereignty over unchecked borders. They believe in the sanctity of life, and with full-time presence in Washington, AMAC has been pushing back for the last 10 years. They, they just kind of came together about 10 or 12 years ago, and it's an amazing organization, but there is power in numbers. Stand with AMAC as they fight the good fight. Become a member today. The benefits are great. You get everything you need, but the cause is even greater. Join right now at amac.us slash Beck. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S slash Beck. Do it now. AMAC, better, better for you, better for America. 10 Second Station ID. Back with Gad Sad. Um, so, Gad, if you were me... What would you be saying every day to the people who are very frustrated? Uh, Try to always find a way to engage those on the opposite side of the aisle. Uh, Don't uh, exist in echo chambers. Fight against lunacy. So if, if your professor is espousing ideas 
that are insane and that are an insult to truth, uh, politely engage them. Uh, in other words, don't walk away from an opportunity to engage those with whom you disagree. I think the problem is that people are frustrated because they, they can't find any avenues to dialogue, to debate, right? The cancel culture is this big, ugly monster that is terrifying everybody into silence. So don't succumb to that reflex of being quiet. Engage people, and hopefully you can change people's minds. But also, isn't it, um, isn't it also the problem that we are so, we're beginning to be so set in our ways that we aren't willing to even listen to each other anymore? I mean... You know, people are people on the left or right, and they everybody says this about the other side. I personally think that conservatives are willing to listen, but that is growing shorter and shorter. Their attention span for this because they just keep getting kicked in the head. But uh, you know, when 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 you sit down with somebody, you're you're not trying to win. You're just trying to understand and then have a conversation. And I don't exactly. think that's happening anymore. Look, yesterday uh, I was invited on Jordan Peterson's uh, podcast, and the, the show will air in a few weeks. And Jordan and I are, are, are friends, and we agree on many things. We disagree, for example, on some of the interpretations of Carl Jung. And at the end of the podcast, he said, hey, you know, we need to have another chat, because as I understand it, uh, some, of the, some of my views on Jung you disagree with. Well, here we are disagreeing on this important matter, and yet we're going to walk away from one another being just as close as friends as when we started the conversation. In other words, people can naturally disagree with each other without uh, demonizing one another. Civil right? society fact, requires it. Exactly. And, and as a matter of fact, I don't want to be friends with someone who agrees with me on everything because it's going to be a pretty boring friendship, right? Yeah. So friendships have to be anti-fragile. Glenn and I should be able to sit with one another. I remember the first time when I came on your uh, podcast in Texas, we were talking about religious belief. And, mm -hmm. you know, as you know, I'm an atheist, you're not. Mm -hmm. We could have a, a, a very meaningful conversation on this important topic, and we could walk away from one another being as close friends as when we started that conversation. People have to develop that reflex that it's okay to disagree, but we don't have to demonize one another. It sounds so obvious, and yet so few people are capable of doing this. I have to tell you, I, 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 I can't have conversations with people who are religious or, you know, an atheist that say, hey, if the proof was there and it, it, with God, it's impossible to do this. But if the proof were there uh, one way or another, would you change your mind? Well, I'd be an idiot to not at least really examine the truth. And then if it really was provable, of course I would. Of course I would. Yes. Um, and if you can't, if you don't enter into conversations, and that is, again, the problem, I think, with so many people, especially on the left, because they're emboldened by society. They can right. say anything and society says they're right. And so it's really hard to get into a conversation with somebody who has that arrogance of all of society and all of academia behind them. Well, academia, social media, uh, the media in general, all of it. And so all of the choke points of the intelligentsia system is telling them that their values and beliefs are correct, and those who don't share them must be Nazis. It's a dreadful society to, to create. So, Gad, you're Jewish by birth, are you not? 
I am Jewish. Okay. Um, there's a lot of talk about, you know, at least from me, and I, I, I'm going to pose this question, then we'll come back and you can answer it. Um, that we can't forget what happened in Germany. But what that means is you have to look for the seeds that were planted early. It's, it's too late once you're like, oh, they have showers just like in Germany. Never forget. It's too late. But, right. but society, the media, everybody else is saying now after four years of calling Donald Trump a fascist dictator like Hitler, you can't say that. And I'm not saying that about people. I'm saying that about the seeds that are being planted along the way. I'd like you to talk about that a, a little bit and, and how we can talk about it without setting the entire world on fire. What does never forget actually mean? More with Gad Sad, host of the podcast, The Sad Truth with two A's, next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So Joseph lives in Pennsylvania, and he writes about how Rough Greens affected his dog's life and his own. He says, my beagle is 17. Wow, 17 years old. He was sleeping 20 hours a day. He wasn't active. I was afraid he's going to die soon. He, uh, how, many, how long do beagles live? I mean, wow, 17. I tried rough greens. He was uh, 20 days later. I was amazed. He was wagging his tail again. I know he's happier. His food and rough greens are gone every day. He's eating well and he's not sleeping all day. He's more active. I'm amazed. Appreciate you getting my buddy back to my buddy again. Thank you. Rough greens. Rough Greens is not a dog food. It's a supplement that you sprinkle on the food. The dogs love it, but it's chock full of vitamins and minerals and probiotics, antioxidants, all the things that keep them healthy. That They're the same things that keep you healthy as well. Get the Rough Greens Jumpstart bag today and see for yourself. $14.95. Start the process of getting your dog healthier and happier. Rough Greens. R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Beck. And you can go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. You'll save 30 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV for a limited time. There's now increasing calls to silence and, quote, deprogram Trump supporters. Uh, I've seen this movie before. It doesn't end well. Gad Sad uh, is uh, with us, the uh, evolutionary behavioral scientist, author of The Parasitic Mind, and host of The Sad Truth with two A's. Uh, Dr. Gad Sad joins us again. So I asked you before the break, um, doesn't never forget, if you understand that phrase, require you to look at the past and the present and call out the roads when you start to split and go down the wrong path doesn't mean it ends there at you know a death camp but isn't it imperative to call out those warnings early indeed and so let me use the the term the the tragic term never forget in a particular context here never forget that free societies are built on certain non-negotiable principles that you should never deviate from. So, and here I'd like to draw a distinction between 
two ethical systems. What's, one is called deontological ethics. The other one is called consequentialist ethics. Deontological ethics is operates in absolute truths. If I were to say to you, it is never okay to lie, then that's a deontological statement. If I were to say to you, it is okay to lie in order to spare your spouse's feelings, mm. then that's a consequentialist statement. Well, when it comes to certain principles of freedom, never forget that you should be operating within the deontological realm. What I mean by that is, when it comes to freedom of speech, the qualifier, I believe in freedom of speech, but, and then dot, 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 Doesn't. should never exist. Yes. There is no but, right. right? I am Jewish. I escaped religious persecution in Lebanon, and I am a free speech absolutist who supports the right of Holocaust deniers to deny that the Holocaust ever Correct. took place. Nothing could be more offensive than that. You cannot come up with a more offensive position. But you can't, but, there, there's no freedom of speech. You don't need protection on speech if everybody likes the speech. It's only the speech that you find offensive and really um, almost stomach-churning that has exactly. to have the, the support. But the enemies of freedom come up with ever more powerful propaganda ways to, 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 to go back to what you mentioned earlier in our conversation, to try to justify their nefarious design. So, for example, uh, it used to be that freedom of speech is absolute in the United States unless you were directly inciting violence. Sure. Well, now you alter what it means to directly incite violence. So if Donald Trump says, walk to the Capitol Hill and protest peacefully but loudly, that becomes incitement to violence, right? A, a similar trick is done with hate speech, right? We sh yes, of course you have freedom of speech, but don't criticize Islam because then that becomes hateful and it marginalizes Muslims and it might cause people to be violent against them. Uh, no, that's just BS propaganda. In a free society, as long, as long as you don't directly incite violence, right? You say, let's go to synagogue X tomorrow on Tuesday and kill all the Jews, then everything is allowed, okay? And if we forget those principles, we will sink towards the abyss of infinite lunacy. Well, I think we, I think a good portion, especially the younger, have forgotten that uh, in America. Right. Uh, Gat, I know that there's this idea that we can push back against uh, against these falsehoods and, and big problems in logic. And we've been going down this road for a while. And I've always, always felt confident that that if if the if ideas are out there in a free market, I like competing in that free market. But more and more, that free market is being throttled by people being canceled on social media and, and their voice being silenced and at work and, and at work and every and, every, and people are terrified to say anything how can you push back against this stuff if you can't actually have your voice be heard as i said uh there are uh, the, the the battle of ideas can be fought on many levels if you have a big platform a la glenn beck you can use it but it's also trench warfare right you don't need a big social media account to change people's hearts and minds if you hear one of your friends on facebook espousing a position that you think you could contribute an op opposing position engage them in other words so in chapter eight of the parasitic mind i talk about activating your inner honey badger what i mean by that is the honey badger is a profoundly ferocious and fierce animal that mm -hmm. can withstand an attack of six adult lions. Here, let so, me let me just rephrase it. It's Donald Trump. 
It's Donald, <laughs> Donald Trump is, is a honey badger. Yeah, he is. Now, the, re- the reason why all the leftists hate uh, Donald Trump, the honey badger, is because as we've discussed, I think, on a previous appearance of mine on your show, he presents his fierceness in a way that is aesthetically injurious to them, right? He, he's not packaged nicely. He doesn't have the orator skills of uh, noble prophet Barack Obama. Therefore, he is grotesque. He is vile. He is repulsive. He is dangerous. He might be saying things that are perfectly reasonable that any free-loving person should support, but he does it in such a way that only my disgust impulse is Mm -hmm. triggered, and I don't even uh, pay any attention to the substance of what he's saying. Mm -hmm. And so activate your inner honey badger and engage people. Don't be cowered into silence. But isn't it more important, I mean, isn't it more effective to uh, target the heart over the mind first? I mean, you'll have a much better, uh, Donald Trump, uh, uh, you know, has half the nation that hates him. And it's because he is a honey badger in all things, instead of being like, you know what, I'm cool. I'm cool with that. Uh, You know what? I disagree with you on this and this. He's just a honey badger, at least in public. I don't think he's like that. I've never seen him like that in real life. But in his in his video life, he is like that. Um, And should should we be targeting the heart first? So it depends for what. Right. So uh, we're both thinking and feeling animals. But the, the, the challenge is to know when to activate which system. If I'm trying to sell you a perfume, I wouldn't start giving you the uh, chemical breakdown of the perfume. That would be engaging your, your cognitive process for a product that's hedonic. Instead, in the advertisement, I will show you a sexy woman on a horse with her hair flowing, right. and, then I will, and then I will call the brand mystère, right? Because there I am engaging your emotions. So it's not that for all contexts we should be engaging our emotional system. The, the problem is to know when you should activate which system. If I'm trying to convince you that you should invest with me for the following reasons, then it should be cognitive-based. But, but wait, 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 wait. But, but we have had an ad campaign run by the press and by the left nonstop for almost 12, 15 years, that if you're a conservative, you're a monster. And so we haven't had the nice ad campaign. So people come into conversations <laughs> thinking you're illiterate. You've never read a newspaper. You're a monster. And that you're just married wants... to your sister. Correct. So, I mean, that's what I mean. There, there has to be we have to go an extra step of of also being kind and gracious and likable um, if we're trying to change anybody's mind or change their heart towards us. Because they don't, they don't assume that. They go in with the exact opposite assumption. Yes, and it goes back to the first uh, item that we discussed. Should you have behavioral scientists helping in developing public policy? Well, what you just said speaks to the importance of having behavioral scientists who know how to frame and construct maximally effective messages, right? Let me give you a very quick example. If I tell you that this toothpaste three out of five dentists recommend it. It's exactly the same thing as telling you that two out of five dentists don't. They're literally logically equivalent statements. But it turns out 
that if I frame it in the positive frame, three out of five dentists recommend it, people actually think that the toothpaste is better than when I gave you the negative frame. So imagine how easy it is to manipulate people. And you've got guys like me who can help you navigate through the minefields of propaganda. Well, I appreciate your, uh, your guidance uh, and, uh, and your book. It is, just give a quick sell of the book for Parasitic Mind. It's tremendous. Uh, basic, yeah, so the base, thank you, Glenn. Uh, basically, in the book, I, I argue that there's a bunch of idea pathogens, these really bad parasitic ideas that have been spawned on university campuses that then get proliferated across uh, you know, the world in politics and business and HR departments. And I offer ways by which we can inoculate and vaccinate ourselves against these parasitic ideas. Thank you so much, Gad. I appreciate it. The name of the book, uh, the name of the book is The Parasitic Mind by Dr. Gad Sad. You can also find him the host of The Sad Truth on YouTube, S-A-A-D, The Sad Truth. Uh, and, uh, and we thank him for his time. Thank you very much. And don't forget us when we're trying to get across the border to Canada. Uh, all right. Our sponsor is American Financing. It, it is going to get harder and harder to get a loan. I saw a story. It was so offensive to me. Um, Credit Suisse came out and said, oh, big business uh, is going to be just piling in the money. It's going to be good year or two for big business. Oh, is it? Is it? Is it really? You know, you know why? Because they're the ones that are right there at the doorstep of Washington. They're the ones who are can afford all of this uh, garbage and are already in on the next turn. The uh, the 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 global warming and great reset nonsense that is coming our way that you will start to see very soon. They're in. It's going to be good for them. Not necessarily good for you. Uh, COVID hasn't probably been good for you. Would you do me a favor, please, and look at your mortgage. And if you can refinance now, the big banks are already saying, go ahead, raise our taxes. We're just going to raise the interest rates because that way we get more money and we can pay for our taxes. That's why these don't work. But it's going to get higher and higher. And it's going to get harder and harder for the average person to get a loan. So please, American Financing, call them. They're waiting for you right now at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. As you... Uh, as you look at what is happening every day, I, I unfortunately hope that it becomes more and more clear in your mind where we're headed. Um, these are the days that I spoke of. These are the days that I said would come. And it's going to get worse before it gets better. Um, but these, these warnings that I've been giving you um, also include the warnings of the Bubba effect. If you've heard me talk about it before, that is one thing that the military has prepared for. Uh, and that is Bubba uh, seeing, as it was described to me in 2006, Bubba seeing uh, a Sikh after a big terror uh, explosion gets angry and goes into the 7-Eleven where the Sikh is behind the counter and he's like, it's all you Muslims. And he shoots him 
because he's got a turban, not knowing what he's doing and being wrong if he would have shot him anyway. But just Bubba is fed up with nothing ever being done. So he does it himself. That's when the crowd gathers against the federal government coming in to investigate this murder and to put uh, Bubba in prison. They say, we'll take care of Bubba because we know what he did was wrong, but you guys haven't done anything about it. And it's your fault because he was just trying to be stupid and he was wrong but he was just trying to stand up because none of you would. That's what the special forces uh, team told me in 2006 was their greatest fear and what they were really working on. Well, that's we're there. We are there. Uh, we heard Lieutenant General Boykin say on the ro- on the program earlier today, if you missed it, check out the podcast. He talked about, you know, Bubba. And uh, he said, this is this is a very dangerous situation. So um, please do your favor, do yourself a favor, do your family a favor, um, do the Republic a a favor and uh, pray for peace, peace in your own heart, peace in uh, the land and uh, protection just protection over the events tomorrow across our land. Look at how much ground has been taken because of last Wednesday. It is, it's remarkable how fast one more thing and we lose our voices. We lose our, um, I think we lose our gun rights. We lose all kinds of things. And then everybody's in chaos so please pray for peace um and uh if you see something say something what a ridiculous but other than all of that everything's fine you think everything's fine <laughs> yeah everything's yeah. great well i'm remodeling my house and i still only have a bedroom but the good news is i have the bedroom and the bathroom that haven't been torn up Mm-hmm. And the good news is today they're tearing up the bedroom. And for some reason, we're still living there. Why? I don't know. Why would you don't, try? There's I have be no idea. <laughs> it seemed like a good idea. And, uh, you know, it's and I still am like, well, no, because, you know, I need to be able to say no over here. Put that there. Do this. Do that. Uh, and quite honestly, I don't care if it comes out looking like Picasso put the house back together at this point. What is I'm done. What's your timeline on these repairs? Because you're you're not fun to be around right now. Thank you. Just, just to Thank be you. honest with you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. You know, they say they say probably four weeks uh, <laughs> more. But uh, uh-huh. uh, good luck with that. Yeah, I think maybe the next time the election, not the midterms, next time the election happens, the presidential election, mm-hmm. I think we'll be set. I think we'll be set. You're better off in a homeless encampment. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right right now. I'm, wait, I'm what? Oh, a homeless encampment. Mm-hmm. I thought you made an, an internment encampment. Uh, which... <laughs> this is the Glenn Beck Program.